You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed. If you go to the book of Genesis and from chapter 1, chapter 2, you're going to see something reoccurring there. And it's the word good, 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 good. Good, good, good. God said, let there be light, and there was light, and he saw the light was good. He said, let this happen, and it was good, and it was good, and it was good. And God said, let us make man. You know, he made man, and he looked at everything he made, and it was all what? All of them very good, very good. Now, the first time we also see not good was also God speaking. When he looked at the man he had formed, he said, it is not good for what? For man to be alone. Now, I want to say something to us here, and I pray the Holy Ghost will help us to catch it. When you and I, as a believer, as when all of us as Christians, come to know how good God is, our Christianity becomes a free ride. When we get the revelation, the understanding of how, not that God is good, of how, of the extremity the extension, the, you know, the extendedness of his good. Eh? Hey. That's when we'll enter into enjoying Christianity. You know that scripture that Paul says, rejoice and again I say what? I don't know what really to compare, but there are some things you can't understand until you understand some things. You know, the Bible talks about comparing spiritual with spiritual. You see, this goodness of God, when you get it, a lot of other things that never made sense will begin to make sense. And from the first temptation that, you know, man was tempted, Eve, what the fall or the weakness that Eve suffered there was that she suffered the weakness of how good is God. At that moment, she was caught in the suggestion that God is not as good as she thought he was. Because if you read that passage, the devil said to her, you know, oh no, what did God say? He says, God said we should eat of every fruit of the tree. But don't eat of this one, for the day you eat of it, you will die. And the serpent said to her, you will not really die. You will not what? Really die. That's the first thing. And he says, God knows that the day you eat of it, you will be like God. What's that saying? God is not as good as I thought he was. He's keeping something from me. He's keeping something. There's something God is keeping from me. That's what the enemy used. And look at the response. Immediately the Bible says, Eve looked at the fruit and saw that it was good to behold. Now, good to behold, if you go back to chapter 2, you will see that God made every tree there. They were all good to behold. They were all good. All the trees in the garden were all good to behold. Pleasant for food. The second thing Eve said about the tree of knowledge and good and evil. It was also what? All of them were what? Pleasant. Look at it. Come with me. So we see something there. Very important. Okay. Verse 9. And out of the ground. Chapter 2 verse 9. Out of the ground the Lord God made every tree grow. That is what? Pleasant to the side. So every tree. There was nothing peculiar about this one. That should make it a temptation. Look at the second thing there. It says what? And that is what? Good for food. So when Eve is saying that this particular tree is good for the eyes. That's no big deal. Good for food, that's no big deal. Look at what was a big deal there. The one that was a big deal was, was what? Desirable to make one wife. And that is uncertain. Because good to the eyes, you can see it, Abby. This you can see. But the other one was an imagination. Because the devil has nothing good to give to anybody. 
We learned here many years, we said the good, the bad, and the naive. The devil is so bad that he has no good thing. Everything he puts as bait is only an imagination. When it's really tasted or tested, you'll find it's not sweet. Praise the Lord. How many of us have fallen into some temptation? You know that what you found is not what you thought you would find. Because the devil has no good thing. God has all good things. Now, in this situation now, he made Eve believe that God is keeping something good from her. And that's how man fell. Now, the life of the Christian, as he goes on in life, will be as secure, as enjoyable, as peaceful to the extent that he knows unequivocally and settles it without question that God is what? Good. And not just that God is good, but that God is good to me. Say, God is good to me. And this God being good to me is not on Sundays. God is good to me how many times? We say God is good and all the time God is... You know, that's why sometimes it's not good to make things like chance because people will just say it and God is good and all the time God is what? Good. You begin to understand scriptures that say in all things, give thanks. Praise God. So let's take it from another angle now. In John 17 verse 3, our Lord Jesus says, this is eternal life that they may know thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. What is it that if I know God, I have eternal life? Sir, man, if you know how good God is, you will have eternal life. If you know how good this God, the creator of the heavens and earth, you will have eternal life. But why should it be a big deal? You know why it's going to be a big deal? Because as we live life, things will happen that will appear as though God is not good. You see, why would you flog God being good if it's sin? Does anybody argue chocolate is good? It's sweet, sorry. Chocolate is sweet. Ice cream. Imagine every time I come and announce ice cream is sweet. You say this man, if you don't have something to say, say something else. But you'll find from time to time, you see a write-up. They will tell you that Dogo Yaro is good for you. Isn't it? And they will give you 17 points. Do they give you 7 points why ice cream is good? Because you know that already. You know, there's milk in it, and there's sugar, praise the Lord, and there's egg in it, so it's good, you know. But the thing that you may overlook is goodness, they try to convince you. Now, our Lord Jesus Christ said, this is eternal life, that you know God, know the character of God, know the nature of God. Now, now in one instance in the scriptures, God tried to, you know, Introduce himself, apart from when he said to Moses, I am that I am. In Exodus 34, we can look at it, Exodus 34, 6 and 7. We see God trying to, you know, just tell Moses about himself, you know, if he could. Verse 6 says, and the Lord passed before him and proclaimed. He said what? The Lord, the Lord God. He says, merciful and gracious. God is merciful and gracious. Praise the Lord. If we even stopped at that, it will transform your life. God is merciful. So to the church in Nigeria, God is what? God is also what? Gracious. It says what? Long suffering and abounding in what? I like the fact that when it came to goodness, it didn't say God was good. It says abounding. You know what it means to abound? You pour away some, it's still there. Overflow. God didn't say I'm good. He says I abound 
in goodness. I abound in goodness and truth. When we read the word of God, I think some of these things are what you may call, you know, the basics, the principles that form foundation of everything that comes up. We have an account where we call the rich young ruler, the young man that came to Jesus. In Mark chapter 10, we can open to it. And this man came to our Lord Jesus Christ, Mark chapter 10, from verse 17. And he said to him, good teacher, 17 part B. He said, good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And our Lord Jesus answered and said to him, why do you call me good? He said, no one is good, but what? One, that is God. Our Lord Jesus, you know, initially you read that and you're wondering, what's Jesus saying? Are you not good? No. He was saying, trying to teach us and the man that the word good, don't use it anyhow. If you don't know I am God, don't call me good. Because as per goodness, if you want to call me good, then no other person is good. You know, we have people that are good to us. We have people we can do almost anything for. We have people that when it's their birthday, will write 50 lines on Facebook, praising them, right? We have people that when it's their birthday, we don't even write anything, Abby. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Jesus is saying, when you call me good, be sure you know I am God. Be sure you know who you're talking to. So he said, no one is good except God. He was making a statement that I walk miracles, I heal the sick. Don't call me good based on that. That's not enough. You see, good needs to have a stability about it. Are you with me? A lot of the people that, you know, we are excited about. It's not everybody that is excited about them. And you yourself are not even excited about them around the clock. You understand what I'm saying? So Jesus was saying, this good has classes. But if you're going to call me good, know who you're talking about. Now, you know why that is important? Because if you follow that story now, it says, good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal? I say, don't call me good. No one is good but God. And Jesus says, anyway, let's leave the good matter. You know the commandments. Keep them, isn't it? And the man said, which one? He said this. He said, I've kept all of them from my youth. Now watch, very important. Now this person you called good said to you, go, sell all that you have. Give to the poor and come and follow me. And then you will suffer. Is that what you told him? What did he tell him? You will now have what? Eternal life. You have treasure in heaven and then you come and follow me and have eternal life. Okay. Now, what did the man do? The Bible said the man became sorrowful. The account in Matthew, I like the account in Matthew. The account in Matthew, before this part, says Jesus, looking at him, loved him. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You can turn to that one, 19, Matthew 19, 16 to 22. He said, looking at him, loved him. Verse 22 now. Looking at him, loved him. And said to him, this is what you need to do. And the Bible said, this man heard the same. And he went away what? sorrowful for he had great possessions now let's go back to the beginning of his account you call someone good he gives you advice and you become sorrowful can you see you don't know what goodness is you see he never knew what good is so it was only a flattery to achieve his end you know why do you call me good and i want to do you good and you're getting sorrowful are we getting what is happening here we go to God. We tell him all kinds of things. Then he says, okay, my son, my daughter, this is my plan for you. And you become sorrowful. If I'm good, then what I tell you has to be what? Good. But if I don't understand what goodness, if I don't understand who I am dealing with, 
then I have to separate what he's saying from what I think he is. And that's where many of us are. We're going to grow in Jesus' name. We're going spiritual in the name of Jesus. That's why our Lord Jesus Christ said, this is eternal life that they may know you. The Bible says the children of Israel, they knew the works, the acts of God. But Moses knew what? His ways. God is angry. Moses stands in between and says, instead of destroying them, take my name away from the book of Abba. Abba. It's a knowledge of the person he's dealing with. The people who knew his act said, let God not come close to us. Just go and hear him. You know why? They were terrified. What am I saying, brethren? In our work, in our journey as believers, this simple illustration of this rich young ruler plays out every day. We start up with God. We express excitement. We express faith. And then God in his goodness shows us this goodness. But we interpret it apart from the one we are dealing with. And because we interpret it, just like Eve, you wonder at that point, these people, I don't know how long they had known the serpent for, but they probably had known the Lord God that created them for longer than the serpent. Why would he come up and tell you God is hiding something good from you? And you immediately follow his cancer. Because you never knew how good God is. I want to push it further so we can get the thing that will help us. You see, in Luke 5, In Luke chapter 5, from verse 1 to 11, we have another account of a person. His name is Peter. And this person, the Bible said, our Lord Jesus Christ came to him and, you know, requested to use his boat. Now, this man had toiled all night and what? Caught nothing. It means that he needed something. For you to toil all night is not leisure. Praise the Lord. It's not let's go out fishing, the one he said later, where they just went and tried. For him to toil all night meant maybe house rent was due. School fees was due. And all night he toiled and he caught not one. Then washing his net to go and try maybe another profession. Maybe try something else to earn money. Jesus comes and says, come. The same boat you use, push it out. Let me use it and do, you know, this business of my father. And then he followed. After Lord Jesus preached, he said to him, okay, now, Peter, um, I know you've been, you know, looking for fish. Okay, launch out, you know, into the deep and throw your net out for a catch. And Peter said to him, master, I would not have done this thing, you know, because you see, my experience is what? All night, there is no fish here. I think there is a tsunami that moved them somewhere. But because you said so, let me just, um, you know, at your word, let me go. And he went, and lo and behold, there was a miracle. Praise the Lord. And he caught all that fish, such that the net was what? Breaking. And he was able to pull it in. Follow the story now. He pulls in all this fish that he had been looking for from the previous day. And then he says to the man who did this thing to him, he said, depart, I'm a sinner. That was somebody who knew what good was. But it doesn't stop there. The Bible said he forsook the fish. Was the fish bad? Didn't he need the fish? Didn't he need the fish? He's been looking for fish. 
But when he saw the goodness, when he saw who was Jesus, he left all. We don't know the rent, who paid it. We don't know the school fees, who paid it. But he abandoned all and followed him. That's why the Bible can say, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his word. But you cannot seek him if you don't think he's good. If you think that, ah, now that one man go chop. Who answered that question for Peter? It was a revelation that this man can never leave me wet. He said, this man, this man, I will follow him. You see, these are some of the things that inform the life of Peter. Where he would say some things and we laugh at him now. But he had gotten a revelation of the goodness of God. You see, to be a Christian, to be born again, is to catch a revelation of God's goodness. Let me help you to get what I'm saying. Is this goodness that will save you from all that thing? The church said I should do this. The church, if there were no church, which church was there when Peter left all? Was it offering time that he gave his fish to? It was Jesus. He saw, he saw somebody that was too much. He saw something he could not get enough of. He caught a revelation of the goodness of God. He said, this is too good. That's why they told us the parable of the kingdom. They said, it's like a man who finds a treasure in a field and for joy. When you see Christians that are pushing, eh? pushing to do Christianity, they've not found it. Maybe they're smelling it. Because when a Christian finds it, the Bible says, for joy over it, what does he do? He goes and sells all that he has, which is what they were telling the rich young ruler. This is what they were telling him. You have now found the master. Remove every encumbrance. Disconnect anything that will distract you. Come and follow me. Jesus didn't say to the man, you have to be poor. You know why? Because I was reading that, that dropped in me. You know, Jesus had to have people who funded his ministry. Who knows whether this man was replaced by those women because he loved him. Jesus didn't reject him. He didn't reject him. And you know, the Bible tells us the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. So maybe this man was anointed to be a treasurer, but he did not see God as good enough to do it his way. Still going back to Peter. So Peter says, the first part, you know, that caught me was, he said, depart from me, I'm a sinful man. Did Jesus accuse him of anything? What this does for me, and what, you know, this helps us is this. Pride eh, is lack of knowledge of God. When I think I'm something, it's because I can only see myself. Praise the Lord. It's like football. We have a, a football team in church. And when you go to watch the people who play, you see some stars. I remember those days. Where he moves with the boy, he's almost moving like Messi. Until we had inter-church match. And you see the stars that you used to see during training. It's as though they have put weight on their legs. They can't move again. Do you understand? You see, life is about where you're playing. If you're playing just in the local league, you become a local champion. You see, when they take it a notch, all of a sudden, I remember those days, you see people, maybe it's house, we're doing house, inter-house sports rehearsal. The person that is coming first for us, we're excited. On the day of the final race, you see the person, he's moving like this. There are seven people in front of him. You're wondering, is it the same person I used to? Yes, it's the same person. You knew him only in your corner. 
He has come down to the field. Pride happens when men live in the dark. Peter said, I may sin at depart. When you see the goodness of God, when you see how good God is, it will humble you. It will make you worship. It will make you, you know, it will teach you a lot of things. It will calm you down. Men won't impress you again. You see, the reason a lot of us are impressed by men and all kinds is because we don't see God. So the highest you see is a man. His English impresses you. His vocabulary impresses you. Or maybe even his wealth. Unfortunately for believers, I'm saddened by the way wealth of all things still impresses Christians. What should impress Christians? You're asking integrity, character, purity, humility. Wealth should not impress a believer. It's the least thing that should impress us. Praise the Lord. So this goodness, you know, going back to what we learned on Sunday. Now, let's go back to it briefly. We see something there. That verse 17 of Exodus 13. Look at what happens there. It says it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. Okay. It says, for God said, lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. Now, we see something that is happening here. Note that the children of Israel were not party to this conversation. This thing we're seeing now. They didn't know about it. They just came out and they started marching. They said this way, they were marching. Face to face with the Red Sea. And they saw Pharaoh coming behind them. They were not party to this thing we are reading now. So, to them, this is what is going on here. We have come out from Egypt. What is going God, what is going on here? But the Bible tells us that before they got there, God had analyzed the, all the possible routes. And let me ask, was it out of incapacity? That he didn't take them through the nearest, like our brother. He wasn't out of incapacity. You know the reason he didn't take them through the nearest route? For their good. For their good. He said, if I take them through this way, they will see war. They will change their minds. And they will go back to Egypt. So God said, I don't want them to do what? Go back to Egypt. So whose good was it for? It was their good. When he took them to the Red Sea, and they were now trapped, They started complaining against God. You know why? Because at that point to them, God was not good. But what we are learning tonight, brethren, is that as long as it's this God who created the heavens and the earth, as long as this God is the Alpha and Omega, you see, he has no capability for evil. God cannot, praise the Lord, there is nothing in him even for Pharaoh. He said, even for Pharaoh. He said, I left them all. Did I make them come and pursue this people? Their drowning was their making. This part in the Red Sea was a type of Jesus Christ, our baptism. So you're not there now. If you enter, it will catch you. So he was the one that finished himself. I get in it. You see, the goodness of God. So these people come out and God analyzes, just like you, just like me now, our circumstances now. God has analyzed what is the best path that will bring you to that place. The Bible tells us, it says, I know, Jeremiah, the thoughts that I think towards you. He said that what? Thoughts of good and not of evil. To bring you what? To a future and to what? expected end. God is thinking about you. And those thoughts are good thoughts. Praise the Lord. But many times we don't know. We're not in it. Just like in this story we're reading. 
But when we learn of the goodness of God, then wherever we find ourselves in, what can we do? We can trust in his goodness. We can say our God is what? Good. Throughout the wilderness journey, this was what God was trying to teach them. In the next chapter, 14, 15, now we looked at 14. In 15 of this account, the Bible said, after they crossed the Red Sea, Moses, you know, sang, Miriam sang. When they finished singing, the next thing was water, 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 water. You know what happened? The people started complaining again. Now, a God that will part the Red Sea for you eh, and cause Pharaoh and his armies to be swallowed by the water, can he not, you know, arrange water tank for you? But you see, he never sank in. All that journey through the wilderness was to bring Israel to a place where no matter what happens, they can say, we have known that our God is what? Good. That is faith. That is faith. That is faith. That is faith. Understanding that in spite of, and you know, it's interesting because these things are reaching for us and I pray we catch it. In that Exodus 15, I believe is, um, let me find it. Because there's something the Lord said there that, that is instrumental. That is very important we take note of. Exodus 15, uh, verse 24 says, And the people complained against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? So, Exodus 15, I'm reading 24. So he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. When he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. Then there he made a statute and an ordinance for them. And there he tested them. So it means that continually I'm being tested to see what? To see whether I would uh-uh, do what? I will say that God is good. Why did he wait three days? To see whether these people will now say, okay, all the way from Egypt, all these riches, all this silver, all this gold we are holding, you know, all this liberty we have now. Even if there is no water, there must be a plan. He's not keeping anything good from me. He says, no good thing will he what? Withhold. He's not. He's not. And I turn my gaze to him. That's why thanksgiving for the Christian. If all you know is to say, thank you, Lord. But with understanding, you know, not just, you know, as a road. No. If all you know, it will help you. Because per second, God has good things he wants to do for you. He always does. He always does. So in the account, Pharaoh behind this and that resting before, you know, right in front of them. God was being good to them. You and I can read it now. And we are wondering, yes, he was being good to them. But you know what? There is no day. There is no circumstance. There is no news. There is no event. There is no situation the believer has ever found himself in. That is not or that is without the goodness of God in there. It might be difficult, but this is eternal life. That you know this God, that he's good. Praise the Lord. In James chapter 1, we refer to it on Sunday. The book of James chapter 1. 16 and 17. 16 says, do not be deceived. But let's leave that. Let's just look at 17. It says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is what? No variation or shadow of turning. Can you give us message, please? Message after message, we look at Amplified. Every desirable and beneficial gift comes out of heaven. The gifts are rivers of light cascading down from the Father of light. 
There is nothing deceitful in God. Nothing two-faced. Nothing fickle. Let's look at Amplify, please. He said, every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above. It comes down from the Father of lies, the creator and sustainer of the heavens, in whom there is no variation, no rising or setting. Let me stop there. He said, no rising. What it means, you know, some days you feel God has really been so good to you. He's saying God doesn't rise and set. He doesn't have brighter days. God is bright in your life every day. God is bright in our lives every day. Every day. That's why the psalmist will say, this is the day that the Lord has what? I will rejoice and be glad in it. It doesn't matter what is happening in the day. God is stable. God is stable. Now, why is this very important? If we don't know he's stable, we will become unstable. If we don't, you know, rely on his stability, we'll become unstable. He said to Moses, why cry to me? Do what? Go forward. Why? Because before they got trapped there, he had planned a way. There is no way you and I are in that God has not made a way. But if we don't know that he's that good to make a way in that seemingly unsavory circumstance, we will, can never walk in his way. Like the rich young ruler. Jesus loved him. Jesus said, that's the man. That's my man there. That's the treasurer. That's him. He said, now go, go. Dispose of all those things that, you know, will be a distraction. And come and follow me. You know, many people came to Jesus that he sent back. This one, he said, follow me. But this one thought, no, no. You can't be serious. You can't be serious. Jesus, you can't be. I mean, the, the kingdom shouldn't cost me all of that. But he could say that. Because he didn't understand. It says abounding. Somebody help me check that word please. Abounding. Merciful and gracious. Long suffering. Abounding. So somebody is here. You blame God for your family background. No. No. Even in that family background. Abounding. As the Lord was ministering this thing to me. I said but Lord what of you know, someone like uh, Nick Vigevic. Or you know I don't know how to call that his name. But we know him. The guy with armless, you know, no hands and all of You know, and I don't know whether I was the one that was answering. But, you know, he's a pastor's son. His parents are pastors. And he's, I think, Australia. You know, a lot of people growing up now are deciding that there is no God and all of that. Now, for someone like that, who knows? How many of us know him? We all know him, Nabi. Who would have known him one if that condition wasn't there? Then, but apart from that, what the Lord said, do you know the life he would have lived if he came out full legs and full arms, bouncing up all over the place? Do you know whether he would have turned from the fate of his father? Do you know? There is no place you find yourself in. There is no situation. Someone came to church and the devil has told you, look at, look at your life from beginning to the end. Everything is negative. It's not possible that a man, a woman, a person in God's world will be in a situation where God does not have goodness waiting for him. This Nick Vujovic told, you know, if you read his story, as a teenager, he had tried to commit suicide several times. At a point when he couldn't, he wasn't working, he now cried out to God. If he committed suicide, he will get into eternity and find that this was the life God had prepared for him. The goodness of God needs you to say yes to he needs you to go forward in it. That's it. He needs you to say, Lord, this place you put me, I know you have something for me. And you know our example in that? 
Very easy. Joseph. You know, we read the Bible. We read the Bible. And because it's book, we just read it and go. Eh? Joseph had dreams. Joseph was the beloved of the father. Joseph was the special child in the house. He was the first son of the first wife of his heart. Not the one real one. The married one, managing, waiting for this one. Joseph was a... Eh? If there is a Jebota, Joseph was a, a Jekerry Gold. How many of us know Kerry Gold? Uh-huh. Not, um, not Blue Band. <laughs> okay. Now he found himself with being treated with utmost hatred by his family, his brothers. And found himself as a slave. If not that this man said, God has a plan for me. God is good to me. He could not have made a success of slavery. Somebody came and the devil said, look at what has happened. Look at what. Tell the devil, shut up. God has a plan for me. God has a plan. Young ladies, your days are passing and you're wondering, God, what is going? No, God has a plan. Just say to him, God, you have a plan. You don't love that sister more than me. You don't love that brother more than me. There's nobody God loves more than you. That person does not exist. Even our Lord Jesus Christ. He said that the love with which you have loved me will be upon them. So God loves you now the same way he loves Jesus. Someone has more money than you. Then God loves. No. The devil is lying to you. You're the apple of his eyes. You're the source of his joy. He's mindful of you. But you see, the whole thing the enemy is doing is so that you will not respond to his goodness. The Nick Vigil, he responded to God's goodness and said, okay, use me. And we see God using him. God is using him. He has, I think, four children now, or if they are not five, with a beautiful wife. Able-bodied men follow him anywhere he goes because he can't do anything for himself, even to brush it. He has people on his staff. We are talking about him now. Is he talking about me? You understand? Before, when he was trying to commit suicide, what was he saying? Look at her. Look at her. Somebody say, look at her. Don't say that. Say, Father, I know. I know. I know. I know you love me. I know you are merciful. I know you are gracious. Even someone that has made mistakes your own. Just say, I know you are merciful. If that one is not enough. Say, I know you are gracious. You know that word gracious? It means I can give you more than necessary. I give you one plate. He says, not enough. I'll give you three plates. He give it liberally. He does not upbraid. He doesn't say your own is too much. You're always asking. That is the God we have dealings with. So how can you believe? How can you say, you know, God was saying to the nation of Israel, how could you say my just claim is passed over? How can you say my own is finished? Why? Because 2019 passed or because 17 years has passed or for four years, you know, who is there? God says to you and I, this is eternal life. That you know the one you're dealing with. He says, I am good. I am abounding. I'm not ordinary good. I am abounding. Jesus said, don't call anybody good. Because you don't know what. You see, for you to be good, you have to be good in every circumstance, in every dimension, at all times. And that's what God was. He looked at it. God said, even though you want this war, it's not good for you. You know, men... We allow you. You know they hear, be. <laughs> Men will say, you know they hear. You know, in Igbo, they will say, one be moves over. You know they hear. Oh, yeah, go now. Something will happen to you. God says, no. 
No. I will shield you from it. I will make a way in the sea. Which one is easier for him? Allow you to go. But he makes a way. So that his goodness will be revealed. I want us to receive grace tonight. Amen. To hold on to this revelation. No matter what. Are you sick in the body? Yes. Affliction may be on you. But God is still good. With that you can receive healing. You see the argument of where sickness comes from is a waste of time. The revelation is that God is good to me in this circumstance. Praise the Lord. Um, Job said, said to the wife, say, shall we not receive, shall we receive only good from God and not receive evil? Now, let me tell you what is there. Let me ask you a question. Let me not tell you. You answer this question. Job, where Job is now? Eh? He's in heaven now. Be. Where Job is now? Will he be regretting that experience? Do you think Job will say that what happened to him was evil now? James told us now. But we saw what? The perseverance of Job and the end intended for him by the Lord. That what? The Lord is long-suffering. You see, Job where he is now, if he still sit and say, he would have had just seven children in heaven. He has 21 now. Do you understand what I'm saying? God is good. There's nothing, nothing the world can bring that can shut. He says he dwells in light unapproachable. No matter the darkness, it doesn't quench the light of God. That's what Joseph proved to us. Things were going bad. Joseph remained who he was. He said, I know whom I believe. The lesson there is you keep going forward in him. Because it's this that makes people backslide. It has become too much. So, you know, you minister to people that are living a terrible life. They say, what will I do? You know, this is what life has done. I have to do prostitution. I have to do armed robbery. I have to kidnap. They don't know the goodness of God. Because the goodness of God will never allow a man without a path out. Things may be really difficult. But he always has a way out. And a good way out. And a miraculous way out. They did not transport Joseph, you know. In the back of a donkey. Not donkey now. What would they try? Back to his place. He didn't go back like that. When he was going to. The only time he went back. You know that was his prayer request. To the servants of Pharaoh. That they should. You know tell Pharaoh. So they can send him back. The time he went back to Canaan. Go and read it. He went with a convoy. When he went to bury his father. That's where the Hebrews learned this wahala from. The Bible said. The convoy that went with him. From Egypt. To bury his father. So Joseph that left bound as a slave when he was coming back was coming back in royal convoy in god's time somebody say god is good to me now the rich young ruler jesus was being good to him but he didn't get it so he went away sorrowful we can turn away from god's goodness if we don't know it tonight you are going to desire lord you see i said to the so what do i do he said cooperate with me knowing i'm good let's go forward Cooperate with me knowing what? I'm good. Isaiah 55 tells It says, uh, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Your ways are not my ways. As high as the heavens are. It says, I'm thinking for you in the heavens. Why don't you follow my thoughts? You are thinking that will spoil it. Do you understand? It says, I'm working out things for you where I am from above. I don't need you to think for me then. I need you to say yes. That's why they taught us trust and obey. Joshua prepared. How are we going to fight this army? They were doing press up. They were carrying, you know, whatever stones to strengthen themselves. The commander of them, he said, okay, this is how we're going to do it. You just march around quietly, quietly. All those, your muscles, that fight you're preparing for, don't talk. Shh, just march around 
on the seventh day, when you have marched the seventh time, shout, we will take care of it. Because they're thinking about you in heaven. Somebody say, they're thinking about me. That's what it is. They were thinking about them. So heaven had finished the battle. All was left was for Joshua to cooperate. God had made the way in the sea. What was left was for Moses to go forward. Let's rise on our feet. Never again would the enemy succeed in deceiving me to suspect or doubt the goodness of God. It doesn't matter. Learn to laugh at the devil. Remind him of Job. Tell him Job is laughing at you in heaven now. Right? I won't even wait till then. I will laugh at you now. For God is good. The God that created the heavens and the earth. He did not create us to fetch water for him. He created us to be recipients of his goodness. God has no need he demands us to satisfy. The only need he wants us to satisfy is to receive his love. I want you to pray for yourself. Lord, I receive grace. In this year 2020, the devil is dethroned. That deception is over. I'm the blessed of the Lord. And this blessedness has nothing to do with what is in the bank. I see now he has a plan for me. There is a destiny for me in God. There is a future for me in God. God has something written in his word concerning me. He says he knew me before I was formed. He said he saw my substance yet being unformed. And he says he had written out the days concerning me before there was any of them. He had written that this way he will bring me out. This way he will turn things around. This way he will glorify his son in me. He had written it. Lord I want to cooperate with you. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. Jesus is Lord. I've been redeemed. I've been saved. The power of hell has been broken. Why should I converse with the devil anymore? Trying to defend myself. Trying to explain myself. Uh, well, God has blessed me. I'm as rich as this person. I'm as married as this person. I have a, no, I don't need any of those. My ranking God is son or daughter. I'm not second. I'm not, because I'm joint heir with Christ. <laughs> you don't know me because you don't know God. If you knew God, you would know that I'm his son. If you knew God, you know I'm his daughter. If you knew God, you know that I'm inscribed upon the palms of his hands. God is good to me. I'm not forsaken. I'm not abandoned. I'm not a pitiful case. I'm not a welfare case. Your sympathy for me, if you do have any, is for your good. God is testing you with me. I'm not a subject for discussion or shame. I carry me the glory of the Lord. Oh Lord have mercy. Listen, if God looked at you and put his Holy Spirit inside of you. So if you had a high quality diamond, what billions of naira, will you give it to your mega to keep? God has put his Holy Ghost in you. The spirit of the living God. And you're wondering... Does he love me? Does he care for me? Does he hear my prayers? He says before you call, I hear. 
Why you're speaking already have answered. Tell him, Lord, I will make my boast in you. <laughs> I will trust in you. It doesn't matter what I see. It doesn't matter. We learned last week that the spiritual man is not moved by the hearing of the ears, nor the sight of his ear, eyes. He knows things. Peter saw the fish. He saw the catch. But he said, I see Jesus lifted up. I see Jesus exalted above all. I see the Son of God. I see the Creator. I see my Maker. I see my Redeemer. I see the Lamb of God that takes away. I see the King of Kings. I see the Lord of Lords. That's what we see. That's what we see. Every present situation, put it side by side with his goodness. He has a plan, sir. He has a plan. He has a plan. He has a plan. He has a plan. Everything that has weighed your heart down, subjected to this test. You are good. You are good. You are good. You are good. My Lord, you are good. My Lord, you are good. My Lord, you are good. Abounding in goodness. No one is good but you. Begin to thank him. Ah, Father, we lift you high. We exalt you. As a church, we lift you high. Brethren, as we talk about Nigeria, we don't bring God to question. He is a good God. It doesn't matter what is happening in our country. He is a good God. Maybe I will not be the type of Christian I am if I was not in Nigeria. I don't know. But I know he's good. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-158804. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.org. God bless you.